Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Green's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing how to prevent burnout in the workplace and maintain work-life balance. How do you achieve a balanced life while working within a tight time frame to accomplish a critical task? Lynn, what would you say? Well, to be perfectly frank, uh, things get out of, a bit out of whack for me when I have a critical project uh, with an accelerated schedule. Uh, there are certain tasks that I either delegate or, or modify to save time. Um, during these types of intense projects, I usually go back to work after our family dinner. Um, it, without the distractions of the regular workday, I find I get, a, I get a lot done. Overall, I'm mindful of my schedule and I review what can be rescheduled and where I can multitask. You know, it's really a juggling act, right? Certain activities take a back seat for a short time. Uh, a big one is something like entertainment, uh, watching movies, reading a book. Uh, yet every day I find that a, a way that I can relax and to do something I really enjoy. And sometimes that is actually reading just a chapter of a book in the evening. Uh, so I make the time for the things that really matter. And for me, my family remains front and center, you know, for what really matters. And it's important for me to be able to bookend my life, um, knowing that when will I be able to resume a normal course? So when I look at these types of big projects, I need to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I need to know when you have that bookend. So I've got that time frame. And over the years, I've learned that jumping from uh, one tight deadline to another is incredibly disruptive, and it's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So, uh, Tina, what are your thoughts on achieving uh, balance? Well, Lynn, I have a maybe a little different approach to, 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 to this question. You know, we've all experienced those times when we have multiple time crunches to finish projects. You know, for me, and uh, personally, this is typically when I've not managed my time well. Deadlines creep up and I feel that I'm back in college pulling an all-nighter to complete a paper or to study for a crucial exam. Um, I believe it's always our choice to either to delay or to set aside areas in our life when something else takes precedence. Again, it's a conscious choice. Uh, we need to have the strength of our values to understand and to give us permission to have flexibility. And there are certainly crises that arise in workplace that can cause us to shift gears and maybe have to miss that family dinner. But as long as it's not an ongoing situation and those affected are communicating with um, that we are that those are affected or communicated with, uh, it's I think it's says more about today's workplace than anything else. And again, it's a conscious decision on how we on how we handle those situations. Rachel? In these situations, I like to practice hyper-focus work. Um, what I mean by that is that typically when I'm doing work, I'm doing my work, I'm focused, but there's emails coming in and I stop to check the email and um, maybe I get a text from a family member and I'll definitely respond to that and you know those kinds of things there are constant interruptions and meanwhile my mind is wandering and so you know you get your work done at a decent pace but you can go much faster and so when I have a 
tight deadline on a critical project, I whip out my secret weapon, which is um, intervals of incredibly focused work. So what I mean by that is that I will find a great focus playlist on Spotify or another streaming service that's going to put me in the right headspace because I'm not going to be able to hear the distractions around me because I'll be listening to my focus music. And then I will set myself 25 minute increments to focus on my one task. So 25 minutes, I set a timer. After those 25 minutes, I get a five minute break because your brain does need a break. Then I do it again. After four times doing that, I get a longer break. And you'll be surprised how much work you can get done when you're hyper-focused. Now, I use this this particular method sparingly because I don't want my brain to like catch on to the trick and learn how to wander elsewhere regardless. But that is a great way to do it is you can get a lot done in a short period of time if if you know how to really, really focus. But sometimes it's just going to take more time out of your daily schedule. As Lynn was saying, sometimes she'll go back to work after family dinner and get much more done. Um, and that's that's perfectly fine as long as it's not ongoing. But something to remember is to separate work time and play time. And play time also includes family time or what have you. But your work time is for your work. But you do have a scheduled sectioned off time in your day to do something that you enjoy doing. And make sure this is something that you actually enjoy doing. Don't just spend time bored, being bored playing games on your phone and watching YouTube videos. That's not going to leave you feeling fulfilled. You're going to need to do something like play laser tag or watch a movie you really enjoy or read a book that you want to read. Something that you actually look forward to because that's going to rejuvenate you to get more done. Um, but like as I said, sometimes you're going to need to take more time out of your day for your work when you do have a situation like this, and that's okay. But it's helpful to let your loved ones know so you're not just coming home late or being distracted by work emails when you're trying to spend time with them and they don't understand why. So I, tell your loved ones, your family members, whomever, hey, I'm going to be sort of checked out for the next couple of weeks because I got a big project coming on. And they'll probably understand. So that's going to take a lot of, a lot off your plate. And you can ask for help with that too. So Lynn mentions delegating some of her work tasks. You can also delegate some of your home tasks. You can say, hey, I'm not gonna have the, the time or the brain power to complete my chores for the next couple of weeks. Can somebody help me with the dishes or with the laundry or can somebody else take my turn vacuuming the house, whatever it may be. And that way you'll, you'll have not just more time to work but also more time for your brain to relax and rejuvenate so you can work better. Those are some great tips. I like the idea of having a secret weapon, Rachel. How can you manage a major event in your personal life without impacting your performance at work? Tina, what's your advice? I'd like to go back and congratulate Rachel on having that interval training concept. I, I just really like that. Uh, how can uh, we manage a major event? I compartmentalize. It's rather like attacking an elephant, right? You do it one step at a time. Uh, it's not always easy uh, for us to prioritize. For many of us, um, our family takes precedence. It's important to communicate, as has been said before, it's important to communicate with those that may be affected by your shift in focus. You know, this can be anything from planning a marriage and holding down a full-time job, which can be overwhelming, or a sick parent that needs your attention 
and that sick parent is out of town and has a significant impact upon your availability. And it's important to take responsibility, prioritize, and if you must, delegate. Um, but I believe it will guide you to make the right decisions and have the strength to share and or tap the right support group at work to assist you during this time. It's so important to share, to be, um, to be open and honest about what's happening in your life uh, in order to, to get the help and not let the team down. Rachel? So I really like separating off my time. I've mentioned this in the last question. Um, and something I mentioned in a previous podcast is having a set time of day to worry. And in this particular situation, I think that'll be helpful. So you have a set period of time, 15 minutes a day for you to either worry about something that's going wrong in your life, or if you have a, something wonderful to celebrate and you're just overflowing with happiness, allow yourself, maybe you might need more because that's a really joyous, bubbly feeling and you want to experience more of it, but make sure that you schedule times in your day to experience that emotion and share it with others if it's appropriate and if you can. Um, so that's that would be my first tip is make sure that you have the time to experience those emotions. But as Tina mentioned, you should let people know um, what's happening in your life it's, if it's going to affect them. So you might inform your manager or your coworkers and or um, if you live in a or work in an environment that's rather supportive, you can let them know, hey, there's this, this thing happening. It's going to affect my availability for this period of time. And typically, hopefully, they will will help you. They will help allow you to delegate. They'll take a little bit off your plate so you can, can get that done. But something that I find is that if you have just one big project that has a finite um, period of time that's going to take, it's better to take a day or two off of work if you can to deal with that, tackle that problem, and then get back to work and be productive again rather than spend your days worrying and also working on that project while you're also working on your own job and not getting very much done in either for a week or two. So allow yourself the time to focus on whatever it is that needs your attention. But of course, some things are more long-term, such as a sick parent or planning a wedding. Those are things you can't do in a long weekend. But, you know, do what you can, delegate your time as well as you can, and uh, be the most productive in both spheres of your life. Um, and that should help limit the spillover. What would you do, Lynn? Well, I think that the concept of compartmentalizing is is the winner uh, because I, I have that down too. And it's something I really feel that it's a skill that people need to learn. Uh, it, it really makes a difference for me to accomplish what I need to get through. There are always a lot of moving parts that overlap both at, at, at work and home and putting it down into a daily, weekly, or even a monthly plan that helps me get through a major event while I'm still working, you know, full time with, uh, with all the demands that I have at work. We've already talked about, I'm, I'm a big part of, it's a big part of my personality is being this planner. And another thing that is so important for me personally is to be flexible. Mm -hmm. When you do have all these moving parts, you have to be able to quickly pick one up when something falls out. 
because you've got a lot that has to get done, whether it's at work or this big event that you're you're managing, that you've got to be able to be nimble and be quick and move on to something else. And that means that you can't obsess over every little thing. And at least for me, I can't uh, because, you know, there's obviously there's all the little details, but there's also this this bigger picture, this bigger goal that you're working towards. And sometimes you just have to let it go. Um, another thing is for me personally is that it's always been hard for me to ask for help. And it's also been hard for me to, to sometimes accept help. And my recommendation is to get over it, you know, graciously accept help when it's offered and ask for it when it's needed. I also think that when you're looking at this situation between impacting your performance at work, I found that if I share what's happening um, in a factual manner, I have always found my coworkers and management to be supportive. You know, it's not a song or dance. It's not excuse after excuse. And when you are straight with people, once again, in my experience, they are compassionate and they're helpful. Those are all great ideas. And it's so important to ask for and accept help if you need it. What are some tips to remember to navigate a major project at work and maintain your equilibrium? Rachel, what would you recommend? So this is rather similar to the previous problem where you have a major event in your personal life. And I again recommend separating your time for work and play. So if you have a major project, you need to have time to enjoy your life and rejuvenate your life. And you also need time to rest. So make sure that you have time in each day to do something that you enjoy. Make sure you're getting enough sleep at night. And make sure that maybe once a week you do something that's really nice and relaxing. Take a bubble bath, get a massage, whatever it is that, that makes you feel super chill. Do that because you're going to need that brain energy to navigate this major project while also maintaining a full uh, social life. And as we mentioned in the first question, sometimes a major project will take more of your time than your work normally does. But you do make, have to make sure that you're always taking care of yourself as well. Um, and also make sure to reward yourself for each step that you complete. So maybe your reward is, I don't know, you you get a piece of chocolate, um, a small one, depending. Um, or maybe you get to go out on a nice walk or something that's just going to going to give you a nice little feeling. And if you complete a major part of your project, you get a larger reward. So if you complete a major task, then maybe take yourself out for a nice movie and take yourself on a date that way. And that can be quite nice. Um, because when if you're just waiting until the end of the, the project to finally celebrate, then you're just going to get tired, you're going to feel beleaguered, and you're going to exhaust yourself because you're not going to get a payoff. So make sure that you're getting that payoff to continue to motivate yourself to get through that project while also making time for yourself. How about you, Lynn? What do you think? Well, you know me. I'm going to make <laughs> come about this with a little bit more practical uh, sense of who I am and, you know, that whole idea of making a plan. Um, and the plan can be as simple as a list broken down into major requirements of the project with subtasks, subtasks for each. 
you know, so navigating this major project, what are some practical ideas? Um, spend enough time on the plan so that you have a 60,000 foot view of the project with a concrete idea of the interdependencies at ground zero. Um, a plan um, enables you to quickly pivot to other aspects of the project when er one area, you know, just is falling behind, something new has come up or cropped up. Uh, once again, to navigate this major project, have regularly scheduled team meetings um, with an agenda and stay on point. Um, it's vital for team members to share their challenges, but move things to a sidebar if the meeting looks like it's about to be hijacked. It's so important to stay positive and celebrate every small victory through this big project so that it will keep you and your team focused. And Rachel brought this up, you gotta take a break and have some fun. One of the things that I did years ago, we had this massive trade show we're getting ready for, we've been working into the night, and it was just like, we gotta take a break right now. And the warehouse was closed, so the whole shipping area was open. We took down the chairs with the little, you know, the moving rolling chairs, and we had a chair race in the shipping area of the warehouse. <laughs> And it was so fun. And I mean, and then we, we spent, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes there. We laughed. I mean, we just joked around. Um, we sort of had had our break. We came back. We were refreshed and ready to tackle the next big thing that we were trying to get through and get done. So absolutely. My, that's my little practical side of my tips. Um, Tina, what, what are your thoughts here? Well, I have at the top of this is that if I were Lynn, I would have a to-do list and I would uh, be able to work with that and, and check things off and know exactly where I, where I was headed. Um, I, my, whenever we're, we're navigating major projects and, and we're trying to stay focused, it's important to, to check in with yourself, listen to yourself, breathe, take a walk, listen to music, stretch, Give yourself permission to take a break. If you're so focused on getting this done, sometimes you'll miss things. You'll you'll just be you'll miss an opportunity to um, to take fresh eyes. And a lot, you know, so often we're just so so focused on on getting the task accomplished that we haven't stepped back to to review it and to make sure that that's our best work. Um, but I think between you and Rachel, Lynn and Rachel, um, I think we've, we're all pretty much on the same on the same page here uh, about giving yourself permission to take a break, really focus in on 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 the task at hand. But um, by doing that and be reviewing it, I think that you'll be a better self, and and it'll be better work because of it. I really appreciate your thoughts on this subject. We have one more question, and it comes from Janine in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Janine says, my mom broke her ankle, and she needs me to help her quite a bit. But at the same time, I'm trying to manage my own family and my new job. It's overwhelming. Do you have some secret tips that can get me through this? Tina, what is your advice? Janine, I, I feel your pain here. I understand. It's so overwhelming. And But what I don't understand, I don't know from your question, is your mother out of town? Um, 
is this is it is she in town is it a possible is it feasible for her to move in with you and and you can kind of delegate within your own family i don't know if you have uh, other family members that that can help certainly if um does she i don't know if she needs to be um in a, in a rehab situation if she needs to have physical therapy so she needs help to get back and forth so i don't have all the all the answers here um i have my my mother lives about three hours away from me one way depending on traffic can be five uh, but anything something medically comes up that I'm the go-to of, of the three of us I'm I'm the person that that uh, works with anything that that's that's medical and it is overwhelming because sometimes I have something that's planned some business event that's planned where I live but clearly my mother is uh, is a priority for me and and if I if I can be there it at all then they I will drop what I'm doing to to be there um, but it it's not always feasible for us to spend as much time with our parents as as we would like to and in that case is there an outside service that you can bring in to help um, again, are there neighbors that can come in or is there a dial-a-ride that can help get her to her appointments? So it absolutely is is overwhelming um, when you're juggling your own life and then something comes up and it's a family member and you're trying to juggle that as well. And short of being splitting yourself into three or four different places, I think give yourself permission to understand what you're capable of doing on your own are there other family members that can help are there neighbors are there friends that can help and is it feasible for her to move in with you to take care of her for this short period of time or is it is it feasible for you to hire an outside service to to help um, but we all have a certain bandwidth and it's important to give yourself permission to understand what sometimes we just have to figure out what those boundaries are otherwise we become so overwhelmed that we that we become paralyzed Rachel how would you answer that well Tina I think you're exactly right with the questions that you're asking so Janine you you do need to make sure or ask yourself whether you're the only person who can help your mom um, as Tina mentioned siblings maybe your mom has a husband or a, a wife or a partner of some sort, um, friendly neighbors, outside sources, you know, there are lots of different people. So I'm not going to hash and in, go into that because Tina already did an excellent job. But what I will tell you, Janine, is that there aren't really any secret tips that I have for you. I think that what you need to do and has been mentioned is be honest with the people around you. If you feel comfortable in your new job, I know you are new, so it's maybe a little bit scarier, but if you feel comfortable, let your your supervisor and your colleagues know um, that you might be a little late to work some days because you had to stop to check in on your mom on your way to work or whatever that may be. Um, and ask for help at work as well. So as Tina was mentioning, ask for a help with your mom from your, your friends and family, but you can ask for help at work too. If you need to leave work early some days to, to get your mom to an appointment, whatever that may be, um, seek if you have a coworker who can cover uh, your work for that little bit. Um, again, since you are new, it can be a little bit scary, but as Tina was mentioning, you need to understand your bandwidth 
And something that I've been stressing throughout this entire podcast and what Tina mentioned is that you can get very overwhelmed. You already mentioned that it's overwhelming, so you're already there. And if you burn out or break down, that means you're not going to be helpful to anyone. So you have to make sure that you never go beyond your boundaries. You need to, you, you have to take care of yourself, Janine. Make time for yourself to enjoy yourself and also rest, because if you don't, you will be of no help to anyone. So make sure that you are as helpful as you can be, of course, because you do care about your mom and you care about your job. But you also may have to make sure that you care about yourself. There are three people that you owe your allegiances or three things that you owe your allegiances to right now. And finding the balance can be difficult and I do feel for you. Um, but but make sure that that you're okay too. Well said, Rachel. Do I toss it to Lynn at this point and then it gets copied in or what? Go ahead. And what do you think, Lynn? How would you help Janine? So I, you guys have really covered so much. It, it's... There's no secret tips that I have um, other than to reach out for help and support. It's the only way to maintain perspective and get through tough times. And I would remind you, Janine, that everyone goes through tough times and hard times. You know, everyone. And, and I know you'll get through this. And I think what Tina has talked about, giving yourself permission, what Rachel said, that it absolutely applies here. You're no good to anyone if you burn yourself out. So I think one last thought is remember that it's also okay to let some things go in the short term, you know, while you're working through this. So I wish you the very best and good luck. Thank you, Tina, Rachel, and Lynn for your personal insights and advice. I hope they're helpful to Janine and others facing similar situations. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. Mm-hmm.